Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Uh, well, I've woken up quite, um, you know the Homer Simpson little meme, the graphic, the still if you like. Remember when we could just call something a screenshot or a still? It wasn't a meme. Like, it wasn't made to be a meme, was it? It's a still from an episode of The Simpsons. Of him lying in bed and looking all angry and cross, right? And that'll always be something that me and Tom Foynes will send between one another day after, like, a kind of performance, not even performance, like a result, like yesterday, in the end of it. Because... At the time, I'll be brutally honest, like, the game finished and I was like, great, right, okay, get it, nice one. I'm going to watch the Traitors final now. <laughs> and then, this morning, I've woken up to like, how was that, how was that not a foul? How was that goal given? I don't get it. And I, I, I know this is it's the most boring sort of fan type reaction to this stuff is the referee robbed us this thing went against us but what's the point it's the whole sort of thing about doing podcasts and I was talking about this type of shit is to lament all this annoying stuff so I, I don't get it I don't I don't get how at all in any world that was given after VAR after all of it that Manchester City got awarded that goal um, they were good for the result they were the better team definitely not arguing that but we held them off for the most part. Give us a replay up at the Etihad. Beat us there. Because that goal, it was just such a weird way to lose the game. It was a weird way to lose the game. Hair's all over the shop. Um, it just, it's, it's simply, my whole life, my whole entire life watching football, that has always been a foul. And I've seen some people say, oh, no, they've changed the precedent this year, something or other. Could they feel that goalkeepers are too... He's like, Was it Rodri, is it? Or Diaz? I think it's Diaz. He's backing into him. He's got a bloody elbow in him and all of it. Like, come on, man. Come on. It's it's like... And so, uh, there's some sort of like, you know, Spurs fans, self-flagellating Spurs fans. Ah, oh, no, no, no. Vicario needs to be stronger there. What? Probably our best player this season. Yeah, he's, he's the one in the wrong, right? Yeah, he's... We'll just jump to that straight away. Got to get better at like... I don't know. We like Foynes was saying to me as well. We take the piss out of Liverpool and Arsenal, but after that, they would be going on and on and on about that decision, and then for a month, they'd be getting all the right decisions. We just seem to always, whatever. Maybe it's to our credit that we take things with good grace, blah blah blah. But maybe at, at this sort of level, you've got to be a bit more of a nuisance. You've got to make yourself a bit more heard. And maybe as fans, we need to not start digging out our own players like Vicario saying he needs to be stronger and all this sort of thing, when quite clearly he was fouled. Tom Dance says here in the in the comments as well, defo a foul. Definitely was. There's, there's no way around it. Like People can sort of do all these sort of mental gymnastics about it. 
it was a foul. The goalkeeper was fouled. I thought when it's, when that went in, I was so sure from just watching it in real time, not even after a replay, I was like, well, yeah, that's not going to get given. And those ones are the, always the most annoying ones. The ones when you, I, I, I didn't even have a moment of like, oh, no, City have scored. Because it's just like, well, that's obviously a foul, so don't worry about it. We'll just see if we can hang on until the end. Um, it was mad. It, it, it was, I don't know, very, very, very annoying. But... Look, you know, as I said, as I touched on at the top, one of the bigger things about this game is that Manchester City were the better team. We didn't really show up. It was a weird one. It was it was a weird, weird evening. It was a weird game. Um, because I, I understand, I totally understand Manchester City are the treble winners. They are managed by Pep Guardiola. They are one of the finest teams that English football has ever seen. We can take away all the FFP charges and all that type of thing for now. Let's just sort of focus on the end product of it, which is the team that they have assembled, managed by Pep Guardiola. Unbelievable. I totally get all this. I understand all this type of thing. However, we know that this Tottenham team is capable of more than that. We know that they're better than what they showed last night. And I, I don't really get it. I don't, I don't, I, I don't really get what went wrong maybe did the occasion get to them people are going to be bored of me saying this but I tend to think those performances are characteristic of performances where Pierre Mahoybier starts in the in the midfield individually on an individual basis I don't think he was like aberratively terrible or anything but what I'm saying is his skill set what he brings to the table often tends to stun Ange Ball. It just isn't conducive to, to the free-flowing, decent type of football that we've seen. I think he's, you know, what is it? Square peg in a round hole and all that sort of thing. I know Oliver Skip isn't everybody's flavour of the week, but I tend to think he plays a little better in this sort of system. I think he tends to facilitate the, you know, the quicker playing football. But I'm not again. I'm not going to put this all entirely on the shoulders of Pierre Mahoyby. I'm just saying that I often see these performances when he starts games for us. Dejan Kulusevski, I, I don't know what was up with him tonight, or well, not tonight, last night, was not was not the best for him. I've seen on Twitter quite a few people digging out Timo Werner. I don't get that at all. I don't get that at all. Timo Werner was making run after run after run getting himself into really good positions and we were never picking him out. I don't know if it's because he's new to the team and we're still sort of learning how one another play. They're not expecting yet, oh, Timo will be making a run into that space. Maybe they're in a previous mode of, well, you know, we tend to build up this way or whatever. We're not used to... I, I don't know though, because Sonny makes good runs and that. I'm not sure. I don't know. It's a, it's a funny one, but he was all night long and Ali McCoist kept going on and on and on about it, but he had a point. Ali McCoist, too, by the way, he's sort of everyone's darling. Ali McCoist is a bit weird about Spurs. I'm going to be honest. Ali McCoist, is, he's always a bit weird and always a bit negative about Tottenham, I find, whenever whenever he commentates on our games. I'm just saying that. That's what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, he kept picking out all night that, that we weren't finding... Timo Werner's runs. Roy Keane at half time was saying that Spurs were too timid, that we weren't releasing the ball quickly enough. And I think that's it, right? I think that that's that's the main thing. Like City played openly. 
City were there to be, you know, they came at us and I think they'd taken that gamble that, you know, we would attack them back. They probably knew, well, they don't have him in some playing, so we can afford to be a bit more open. He can't exploit us in behind as he normally does. Son is usually a bit of a thorn in um, Man City's paw, but we just weren't at it. We just were not at it. And it is frustrating. And like I say, I do throw back to, I under, I totally get, I totally get how good Manchester City are. But I also know that Spurs are better than the performance they put in last night. Mo Lester said, was at the game, Werner made countless runs and wasn't found by Destiny or Decky. Yep, agree with that. Um, Drew Spencer says, I could see it was a foul from Rose Z in the stadium. Everyone was miffed. Um, so look, Drew Spencer, I agree about our fans. Uh, all I heard leaving the stadium was we didn't deserve anything from that game. But I feel we... F- and then he says, I feel we fought hard for a nil-nil against City. Um, good City performance. Yep. Um, Just Gem says, PH was all right, but can't do it under pressure, whatever the opposite of press resistant is. That's it, right? That's the thing. Like, I think he was all right. I don't, I don't like say as an individual, I didn't look at him other than those two. He had those two awful mistakes in quick succession. Like he rattled himself with the first mistake and then made another mistake almost immediately after, which was terrible. Um, but other than that, I think he was individually, he was all right. I just reiterate the point that within this, I, I mean, I'll talk about the players individually afterwards, but I just think he's just, he, I just, just get rid of him. Um, Callum THFC, definitely our worst performance of the season. And it was not a foul on Vic in my, oh, I don't, I don't know about that. Callum. I don't know if that was our worst performance of the season. Um, I'm sure there's been some worse performances than that. I'm going to bring up our... Because there are some that come to mind. I I really don't think that was our worst. It was a weird performance. It was a frustrating performance. But I don't think that was objectively... I think like the defence all did their role pretty well. Um, I think... It was more about the... Look, you know, I'm not the extra inch. I'm not Nathan A. Clark here. But to me, it was... Our problem tonight was in transition, Right? That's what that's what they call it now, isn't it? And the counter attack, basically, in that we struggle to find one another. It's like the the people at the top were doing their job, sort of moving into position. We'll come on to Brennan Johnson in a bit. I think Richarlison worked very hard as well in the final third. Was making decent runs. Was trying his best to be a nuisance. But that link between the two, we just weren't finding them. I think Bentenko was way off the pace. Um, and Bankrupt Spurs did a tweet about it that I wholeheartedly agree with about um, Pape Matassar saying that he is probably, for all the sort of most important players that we're talking about missing, he's probably one of them now. Um, I would definitely say he's one of them now. I think he is the he's the glue. I think he he makes all of this kind of work. His legs, the defensive work he does in breaking up opposition counters, but then the way in which he brings the ball forwards. The way in which he is always the start point of our attacks, generally speaking. Whether he's dropping into space to allow the fullbacks or defenders an option. And you saw it last night. You saw last night. Several times. Vicario, several times Romero, several times, I'm pretty sure Pedro Porro as well. 
bemoaning the lack of options, bemoaning the lack of somebody there for them to release the ball to. And we kept getting ourselves in trouble. We were passing the ball around the back quite a lot and City were pressing us high up. And we were sort of almost playing ourselves into trouble, putting ourselves under a lot of pressure because there was simply nobody there providing them an option, providing them an outlet. And this is one of the things that will annoy me about Pierre Mohoibia. I think he hides a bit in those situations. And I think that was pretty clear from last night. I do also have to say at this point, though, I don't think Bentenkoe was doing his best job last night either. He was a bit... He was a bit of a non-entity, really. Um, I love Rodrigo Bentenkoe. Uh, you know, I've gone on about this before, previously. Um, but... He, uh, yeah, a few a few games I think were worse than last worst performances than last night, mate. I think Callum. This is going back to Callum's comment, who's saying that was our worst performance of the season. Definitely think Villa at home. That was an annoying, weird performance where we were all right, but then were just really sloppy and let them score a couple. The West Ham game at home, very similar, almost a mirror image of that Aston Villa game. Um, not the Chelsea one, but what was the one? Didn't we have a really ugly result at one point? Didn't we get battered by somebody? I'm trying to think. I thought we did. Maybe we didn't. I'm probably just thinking of the Chelsea game, which I don't think was that bad. The Wolves game was not particularly great either. Um, but no, I, I don't... Oh, Brighton, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, Brighton's the one where we got absolutely done. Um, and that was... De- Brighton... Brighton was definitely our worst performance of the season. Brighton away, 4-2. Definitely our worst performance of the season. Um, I don't... I don't. I, we weren't... I don't... The thing is, I don't think we were bad last night. I just think we were meh. I think that that's kind of the main thing. And taking into account how good Manchester City are, yes, I get it. But still, Spurs were not at it tonight. Spurs were not at it. Um, that's it. Monty Singh says, I think the two-week break has had a negative effect. We looked rusty. I really agree with that, mate. I really agree with that. It's it's felt like a lifetime since we played football. Um, and it feels like just some of our kind of patterns of play were not quite there. We're not quite at it. Um, I just really want, I really want, I really want Papa Matasar back. I really do. I think he might be my favourite player, actually. You know, other than the thing is, right, when we're talking about favourite Spurs players, Sonny, him and Son, I think he sort of lives in his own little tier. Sonny is like the the only club legend at the club now. And he is a club legend. I know there's a lot of debate as to whether or not somebody is a... Sonny is a legend. He's definitely a club legend. One of the club's top scorers. He scored in some of the biggest games of all time. Whatever, end of discussion for me. If we're, I mean, if we're going real legends in this sense, it's only really people who have played in the doubles winning team and stuff like that, right? If we, I mean, if we're going like proper medieval about it, if we're talking like Arthurian style, right? It's somebody who's delivered something massively of note, like the the Excalibur of the double or something. I don't really want to go into Arthurian legend too much because it starts going a bit alt right, doesn't it? It starts going a bit, it starts going a little bit weird. Um, even though I've just done that myself. I'm listening to a bio. No, don't worry. Uh, uh, no, actually, I've started that. I'm listening to like this. 
<laughs> this is how I like call them. I'm listening to I got a, I got a, a free trial on Audible, right? And I'm listening to J.R.R. Tolkien's um, like a biography written about him. Pretty odd dude. Not gonna lie. Um, I mean, a brilliant guy, but a pretty odd dude. Um, just having a slurp of coffee. Tis. Early in the morning, after all. But anyway, that's what I'm with my mind's in this medieval mindset. Um, but if we're talking legends, like legendary, it is like your Blanche flowers, isn't it? Right? Does Jimmy Greaves even make it? Didn't what did he win? A couple of FA Cups at Spurs. Didn't win the league again after Jimmy Greaves signed. You know, was the club's top scorer for a time, so probably gets legendary status on the back of that. Harry Kane won nothing at Tottenham, but. Club's top scorer probably gets legendary status as a result of that. But other than that, like, you know? But legend is such a, like, nebulous term now, isn't it? Right? Legend is also kind of a cult figure of sorts, isn't it? It's someone that we've got a lot of affection for, right? I think you can make an objective case for Sonny being a club legend. I just want to say that up front, and I think he is a club legend. And I think he exists in a sort of tier unto his own. I know this is this is spiralling, but whatever. So when I say someone like Pepe Matasar is my favourite player, it's like, I just think it's like a, a here and now thing, right here for now. I, I do like James Madison. I resist the urge to call him Madders because I find it a little bit... I've, I've raged against people saying the term Wazza. I think I did that a couple of years ago on here. When people used to call Wayne Rooney Wazza. Nah, bin. Um... Madders, yeah, it's it's all right, isn't it? I mean, I guess that's probably a name he calls himself. I think everyone in the club seems to call him Madders. Not for me. Even I do slip into it. James Madison, right? Um, I like him, good player. But something about Pepe Matasar, just young player. I think he's quality as well. I think he's really, really good. Just want him back. Just want him back. Um. Mo Lester says City played with Foden and Bob as two tens sitting on a doggy and Porro worked very well for them. Did work very well for them. Did work very well for them. Um, it stunted us massively. That Bob's a really good player as well, isn't he? Annoying. It's just what's fucking Man City. How do they do it every time? I, I know the answer is money, but like, I mean, they still scout well, don't they? Like, when did they even sign him? They signed him in 2019. So I guess he's just a young player that they've hoovered up through part of the City group or whatever, haven't they? Can't even, I can't find out how much they paid for him. Let's have a look on transfer. He's well good, though. He's annoyingly well good. Um, Norway seems to have a, like, a real golden generation coming in, don't they? Um, let's just get Noosa. Sort it. Getting done. Um, I haven't. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm not going to say I've ever watched Noosa outside of outside of compilations and all that sort of thing. But there's a lot of hype about the lads, um, and you can see from those compilations that he's obviously quality. Um, even if he doesn't want to come until next season, let's just you know, let's just stick with it. Let's get him. Let's get him in. Let's get him in because 
we we need that, don't we? We need that. It's that kind of meme in the Tottenham fan base, dribbly wingers and all that, but we need it. You could see we needed it. Did, like Kulisevsky, I like him as the number 10, but he was having real trouble taking on players last night, I found. Brennan Johnson is a... Can I just say as well on this one, right? The Actually, I'll, say, I'll save this for the for the M for when I'm doing the players. Um, Brennan Johnson, we know of his struggles at the moment. Young player, right? I think he's still a project player. You know, I think we can give him a bit of a break, but again, not a very good evening for him last night. And I know signing Noosa for next season is not going to address the issues that we have right now, but Klopp going. Maybe Man City getting relegated to the to the conference. You know, next season, are we? Um, I still think we'll do all right this year in the league. I still think we're going to make a fist of it. And it's annoying to be out of the FA Cup. I really would have loved to have won the FA Cup. Um, obviously. It's just frustrating. It's annoying. It's annoying that we've not been... It's annoying that we've we've won the FA Cup in my lifetime, but I can't remember it. I, ca- I cannot remember a thing about it. I think I've got like a, a vague memory of my dad being happy, my dad celebrating. But even then, I wonder if it's one of those like created memories. You know, they say like most of your memories from childhood are things you've actually just created, a lot of them. Um, I, I'm not sure what the term for it is. But I think I've read about that before. Or have I, eh? Um, to have not, I just, I really would like to win the FA Cup. I really would like to. I know it's not the same as winning the Premier League or winning the Champions League, but it's still massive. It's still quality. And it's like, it's miles better. To me, this is what I would say is it's like, I think it often gets grouped with winning the League Cup. I don't. I think you've got the League Cup down here, Premier League, Champions League up here, FA Cup's more like here. So you see, if you imagine the... Okay, well, I can't really do it. For people listening, on one end of the scale, very left-hand side is the League Cup. Very right-hand side is the Champions League and Premier League. The FA Cup sits closer to the right-hand side, in my opinion. You know, it's big, right? It is still big. It's a big thing to win. Um, And it would be great. It would be unbelievable. And I don't, I, like, the thing is, I don't even buy into the old sort of like, man, what a magic at the FA Cup. You've got to love it. Stop disrespecting the FA Cup kind of thing. Because, whatever, you know. This is what it is. People have their own fond memories, don't they, of it and that type of thing. And they just, people just don't like change. People don't like the fact they're getting older. People don't like the fact the world is changing. You know, that's all that it is. I would say now, you start to realise it. It's suddenly getting into your late 30s. I'm suddenly like, oh God, things are different. I suddenly am irrelevant. There suddenly are people on Twitter that will say, "Shut up! You were born in the, in the you were born in the twentieth century." What? Is that, if that's a that's a fucking insult now. You were born in the nineteen hundreds. Yeah, shit. <laughs> Sounds fucking horrible when you say it like that. Um, do I get it? Thing is, though, you know, I'm, I'm young at art, me. I'm young at art, so you don't you don't let it get to you because you know you still know you can have a laugh at yourself. That's that's all it is. That's what you got to do. You should be able to have a laugh at yourself. Take the piss out of other people, of course, but also be able to have a laugh at yourself. There's some there's some worldly advice from a man recording a podcast on his own at ten o'clock on a Saturday morning. Um, 
So, you know, just, just, just throwing it out there. Um, Andy McGowan says they always had us at arm's length last night, hence one attempt at goal. Um, never executed any of our attacks with that killer decision making. All a work in progress, so up the Spurs. Yes, Andy, I think that is pretty much a perfect summation of it. They did have us at arm's length, but this is, as I think Ange said himself, they're whatever, nine years into a project, and we're not. And they are Manchester City, assembled by the, you know, by the mineral wealth of a nation state. Um, and that is what it is. We do have the F1 track now, though, so we can hopefully be there at some point. Snake says too much internet for us. Um, you're you having a pop at me there. You're having a pop at me, Snake. Is that is that what it is, mate? Because um, it's probably true, if so. Um, let's do the players, shall I? Shall I do the play? I mean, all in all, all in all, it would have been nice to win the FA Cup. A disappointing afternoon, but it's not what I mean the root of this is right and people are out to react the this is the thing I do go on about like people get very angry about people going on Twitter and blah, getting angry about it this is what Twitter's for I think it's felonious filth on fighting cock podcast once said like Twitter's like the mind's recycling bin you just kind of chuckle you know your shit thoughts and stuff into it I get that. I think that's quite that's quite an interesting way of looking at it in some respects. So people just, you know, it's knee jerk. It's you, you're sort of you're you're putting your immediate thoughts out into the world. That's why it's quite a dangerous platform, really. It's a platform that is has got nuance if you deep, dig deeply enough. If you get part of certain communities and things on there, right? But at the same time, you just you're, you're subjected to somebody's immediate thoughts, and you don't have any context as to whether or not. They're the type of person that's just having a laugh, they're having a joke, or if they actually feel this way, or if they're coming at it from this perspective, if they're a whatever, you know, an anti-vaxxer or a pro-vaxxer or a fucking who knows, you know? Like all these diff- this Venn diagram of what people are and what their intentions are. And you just see these words on the screen, you think, I don't like that, or I do like that. Um but I think for the most part, like, like it, there was a bit of an arse wobble, basically, on Twitter last night. I think a lot of people were pretty angry about it. People are upset to be out of the FA Cup, get that. But at the same time, we're on to a good thing. It was Manchester City. It was never going to be a bye. And I know it's an annoying way to go out to Manchester City, but mostly I'm I'm just fucking annoyed about the the foul on the keeper. Because just, I, just, I, I just don't get it. I don't get I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get how VAR can have looked at that and not see that it's a foul. It's obviously a foul. And I'm not going to I'm not going to be gaslit into thinking otherwise by other Spurs fans or by fans of other clubs at all who say no nah, nah, it, it was not a foul on Vicario. He should have been stronger. He should have been bollocks. Nah. It was a foul. It was a foul and I I don't I don't get it. And it's that that's an annoying way to lose to Manchester City with all their embarrassment of riches, with Kevin De Bruyne coming off, who was so rattled by Van de Ven as well. Um, for the, for the first to lose that way, not even a screamer from, from Kevin De Bruyne, that you're like, whatever, take my medicine, that's what he does, fine. To losing that, ah, it's just really annoying, really, really annoying. Um, and you know what? 
I've got to say, on a really pathetic, childish, petty level, I'm annoyed that they've stopped the hoodoo. I'm, an, I'm actually, because they kept missing some sitters and I was thinking, this is legit, you know. This is legit. They cannot score at this place. They cannot score and they cannot win here. I don't know what it is, but it's so in their heads. And then they broke it in that really grubby fashion as well. It's so annoying. Because now, now it's going to be a free-for-all. Now that's off their back. They're going to come to us most seasons and probably do all right. Um, which is annoying. But still, you know, is what it is, isn't it? Let's do the players. Let's do the players. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So, Giuliano Vicario, an exemplary performance as ever, pulled off several incredible saves, I thought. I'm not going to hear that he should have been stronger. I'm not going to hear that he was weak. He was, you know, at fault somehow for their goal. An unbelievable player, probably our player of the season, most consistent player. Annoying. Annoying that he got fouled and there's even a debate as to his quality um, playing or lack thereof, playing some part in us not winning yesterday. Shouldn't shouldn't be part of the debate. It just shouldn't be. Um, an unbelievable player. Um Probably, yeah, I think our player of the match, I think, that's what I'd say. I think he was Tottenham's best player yesterday. Um, so, yeah, maybe Van der Ven, actually. It's between him and Van der Ven. It might actually be Van der Ven. Van der Ven was unbelievable, wasn't he? Destiny a doggy. Um not his best performance. I, I liked what uh, Mo was saying earlier um, about the fact that the, the Foden and Bob were on our fullbacks and it sort of stifled them. It probably makes sense because I don't think either of them were particularly that expansive. Either of them got out into, into space as they normally do really that well. The doggy did carry the ball quite nicely several times. He does find himself in those advanced areas up the pitch. But it felt like he, again, because he's a young player, first season, right? It felt like he was maybe a little 
just a little rattled by the occasion. Um, he just felt like he wasn't he wasn't at his best, um, and it felt like he was getting a bit frustrated at several points throughout the game. Um, but that's fine. He's going to have these days, and if he's going to have days like this, it's going to be against teams like Manchester City, who, again, we do need to make the point, are the treble winners, are the champions of Europe, are one of the best footballing sides that's ever been assembled. Managed by, probably, begrudging, as it is to say this, the greatest manager of all time. Um, So, is what it is, isn't it? Mickey van der Ven, I cannot believe I tweeted this last night. It's so funny to think there was a significant portion of our fan base absolutely losing their asses that we signed Van de Ven over Tapsoba. Um, I didn't lose my ass over it because I didn't know either Tapsoba or Van de Ven. I'd just been told that Tapsoba was the better option. So I was a bit like, mm, right, well, we're getting our plan B. At least we're getting another player in. This lad looks all right. Man, what? What a phenomenal footballer he is. What a phenomenal athlete, phenomenal footballer. The amount of blocks he was putting in last night, the amount of recovery tackles, the amount of times he, I think, if I'm going to be brutally honest, got Romero out of trouble yesterday. He's an astonishingly good player. Like, what a player. And I hate to reduce players to commodities, but what a specimen as well. Just to be that massive and that quick that strong what an asset it's maybe a bit of a an eye worm let's say it's an eye worm not an earworm an eye worm that since it was pointed out that he's not very good in the air maybe i've got a bit of confirmation bias going on there but i do kind of see that um where you've got romero who is generally totally commanding in the air like imperious van der ven not so much for a guy who is, like I say, as big and as strong as him. But I'm not even sure it's so much about his head. Oh, no, actually, I do think his heading is quite bad. I saw, a, a, I think there were a couple of times yesterday when he didn't really head the ball clear very well and almost like either played it back to a Manchester City player or just nodded it into an area that created further sort of problems for us. But I also think his jumping's not very good either. And I wonder if anybody who knows much about like human anatomy and such will be able to say that he's got I don't know leg muscles that are primed for like short sprints and to jump you actually need to work on a different type of muscle that would countenance the muscles that he's developed for his sprints is does that work does anybody know anybody know who's watching right now know that that that's the thing I don't know um I wonder if that is a thing though I base that on literally next to nothing. I'm just saying that up front. Um, Mo Lester said, fast lads can jump high. Well, there you go. Um, I just think, yeah, I don't know, something about Van der Ven. But this feels like I'm having a dig at Van der Ven. I wanna, let's bring it back to the most part. Let's not talk about his, his leg muscles and that. We can talk about him in a positive sense and how great they are and how he's like a fucking locomotive. But... He's uh, he's just an unbelievable player. To be that young, to be that good, to be that assured, to be that confident, wonderful, wonderful footballer. Um, 
Long may it continue. Christian Romero, good in the air. Very good defensive performance last night. I think the defensive unit, whilst defending, were solid last night. They did their job very well. Um, he obviously didn't fancy many of his kind of marauding runs as he normally does. Probably carries an additional threat to it doing that against Manchester City. So we didn't get that usual support from him that we sometimes do when he progresses the ball up the pitch, when he becomes the start of our attacks or our counter-attacks. Um, that's one of the you know, the real attributes that Christian Romero has, other than, like I say, being very commanding in the air, being a, a good defender who reads the game pretty well. He's actually a very good footballer, technically very good, I think, very good on the ball. Um and he does his reading of the game also works in an attacking sense. I think he's often very good at picking out runners, knowing how to orchestrate play, knowing who and when to pass the ball to. Um, but we didn't get much of that from him last night. We didn't get much of that thrust. And dare I say again, I throw back to that's kind of what we get when we don't have Saar in the side. Um, because Saar does very often provide that link. He provides that bridge. He is that passage to allow play to move from defence through midfield into attack. Um, and we just don't get that from Pierre Mohoibia. We just don't get that when he's in the side. Um, he can play the odd decent ball. He does break up play pretty well. He works hard, but he just, you know, he's a player that is fit for Sean Dyche. Pierre Mohoibia should be playing at Everton under Sean Dyche keeping them from getting relegated that genuinely that's that's what I feel that Pierre Mahoyber should be doing not here trying to win an FA Cup try and finish in the top four for Tottenham Hotspur I just you know um Pedro Porro much like a doggy quiet night for him I think he was he was penned back um He's a good player. He's a, he's a lovely player. Um, I think at the moment he is maybe... Uh, this feels a bit harsh to lump Johnson into this, but I think at the moment he's maybe struggling as well. He's maybe having to carry Johnson a little bit on that side. Um, night to forget, though, I think, for Pedro Porro. Pierre Mahoybier, as much as I dig him out, doing what he does he did it pretty well he at times managed to you know be a nuisance to stifle Manchester City as best he could a very very good Manchester City midfield it has to be said as well Kovacic Rodri Bernardo Silva like not mugs are they like and then you've got Foden and Bob that they're feeding like it's an unbelievable midfield that Manchester City have there Bernardo Silva I've got to say is and people sort of throw use this sort of ah, one of the most under I I honestly do think he is one of the most wildly underrated players in the Premier League. He's he's got to be one of the best players in the Premier League, um, probably of all time. And he just never really gets talked about. I don't know. Maybe just how good he is has been a bit normalised. Um, but I don't I don't really ever see people kind of go on about how good he is other than other Manchester City players like when he was maybe going to leave this summer and they were all like please don't leave please don't go it's kind of like that Musa Dembele thing isn't it when 
every, all the Spurs players, no matter who it was, you could ask any of them, and they all would say Musa Dembele is the best player I've ever played with. He's the best player ever. I think even I think even Kevin De Bruyne has said that. I think. Oh, I can't be bothered to Google it now. Call me fact check it if you think. Um, but so I get it. He's up against a midfield like this, but still, when you got Pierre Mahoyer in the midfield, he's just it just brings a level of stasis to everything. We suddenly lose that fluidity. We suddenly lose that ability to transition quickly. We lose that ability to knock the ball about nicely, cleanly. Like we've seen us do. And we see these kind of bits of Ange ball that get clipped up and put out on Twitter. It's generally speaking when he's not playing. Bring on Pierre Mahoybier 70 minutes onwards to see out again. If we go 1-0 up, 2-0 up against Manchester City last night... By all means, bring Hoybier on on the 70th minute. We've seen him do that job very well throughout this season. Starting games, we just never seem to do well when Hoybier starts games. And individually, I thought he was okay yesterday, but still, my point is, he just doesn't he doesn't do the system any favours. And I, I, people get bored of me. They always think I'm digging him out so much, but I've been. This isn't a new knee joke. I've been consistent on this on him. And his limitations. And I've always said he's a good player, but he's very limited. He's very, very limited. And I believed that from very early on. And I still believe it now. There's a reason why he didn't make it at a club the size of Bayern Munich, right? And he went on to play at Southampton. That's probably a poor example because there's plenty of players who have played at a big club, gone down a level and then gone back up a level. I get that. But I just think it's quite telling. Um... Rodrigo Bentancur, not fully fit. You can tell he's not fully fit. Been saying that even in previous games. He's rushed himself back. He has several little moments where he's lovely on the ball. When you see him on the ball, he's lovely with it. He's got a level of press resistance to him that is Dembele-esque. He's very strong on the ball. He's a great dribbler. Unbelievable. It does remind me of Mr. Dembele in many ways in that respect. Um... I think when he wasn't in possession of the ball, he wasn't making himself... He wasn't imposing himself on the game enough last night. I think he got a bit drowned out. I think the physicality, especially of Rod- Rodri, who is he's like a bull, isn't he, in that midfield for Manchester City. He's everywhere. He's so fit. <laughs> he's so fit and he's so strong. And he just doesn't stop. And he's he's um, he's unbelievable. Sorry, I know I keep going on about how good Manchester City are, but I do think that point needs to be made. Like, they do have a collection of, and this is why it's kind of it's it's double edged. We're lamenting Tottenham losing to this side, but the more you go into it, the more you look. Fucking Silver, Foden, Kovacic, Rodri, Guardiola, Ruben Diaz, even Carl Walker. Do you know what I mean? Like, Nathan Naki's an all right player, but you know. That's why I leave him out, for example. Um, I don't know. Like they're just—they're an unbelievable team. They're an unbelievable side. Um, Rodri is an unbelievable footballer, and I think we struggled with him a bit. We did struggle with him. We struggled. Our midfield struggled. Um, Benton just wasn't at his best, and you know he wasn't—he's not fully fit. 
So we can forgive that. It's very big of us, I know. Um, but that's kind of how I feel about it. Timo Werner. I, I don't get it. I don't get digging him out. That feels lazy and that feels boring. To to start digging out Timo Werner is to, I think people want to validate a whole... Oh, people are starting to... I've, I've seen the expression levy sexuals. I mean, grow up. Come on, man. I've seen this expression levy sexuals get like tossed about because people are saying, well, actually, we're doing all right and Spurs are in a good position. Oh, we sold Harry Kane and we replaced him with Timo Werner. We didn't do that, though, did we? Come on. Um, but I think... There's, so what I'm saying is I think there's an element of people wanting to validate anti-Levy opinions by saying Timo Werner's terrible. To me, Timo Werner had a very good game last night. We weren't picking him out. He made several good runs. He was always getting into good positions. He was exploiting space. He was exploiting Carl Walker. He was, he was really getting the better of Carl Walker several times yesterday. And we were not picking him out. I don't think he did anything wrong. The one, Pretty much the, the few times we did give him the ball... He always did something decent with it. He had that one really good surging run where he laid it off to, I want to say, Richarlison, I think. Or it might have been Kulisevsky. I can't remember. To one of them. And they, did, they didn't really manage to get a shot off. No, I don't think it was any real fault of their own. But it was just a really meaningful kind of move from Werner, breaking the lines and all that by carrying the ball forwards. It's just, I, I think it's good. I think I've, I've still got this weird feeling that he's... And I was saying this to Rosa of the Hometown Glory podcast the other day. I think he's going to be like our Lazarus. I think he's, in this system, I think he's going to be great. I think Ange is going to bring him back from whatever wilderness he's been in for the past few years. And he's going to be a really important part of this Spurs team. I don't think he's going to be a prolific goal scorer or anything. But maybe Madison. Because I saw the second Madison came on as well. Madison tried to pick out one of... um, Werner's runs almost immediately so he'd obviously noticed it either from the bench or just from the moment he'd been on the pitch I think those two are gonna be good in time um but I like Timo Werner and I think he had a good performance last night I don't I I cannot understand other than like I say viewing it through the prism of wanting to validate anti-Levy opinions I cannot see why you'd you'd say that Werner had a bad game last night because I I think he did everything that was asked of him very well and it was more our failing to get the ball to him. Mainly Kulisevsky and the doggies, to be honest. Um, Dejan Kulisevsky, definitely a night to forget for him. I don't really know what was going on with him. Um, he, he, he He had this horrible trick and it wasn't just with Werner. He just didn't release the ball quickly. I didn't. I don't. I didn't get it with him last night, and it was actually really frustrating. He kept dwelling in possession, just running down blind alleys, when the ball was getting knocked to him. And I thought, okay, and I and I, and I know it is. I think Danny Rose has made this point before. You hear blokes in the stands saying, "Why don't you just knock it to him? Why don't you just knock it to them?" And he's. I think I'm pretty sure it was Danny Rose, wasn't it? said, I didn't realise Ronaldinho and (laughs) Rivaldo and everyone were here, sat here watching this game. Um, And I get it. I know it's easier when you sat watching these players. Why don't you just release it first time? Why don't you knock it about a bit more quickly? Um, But we know that Kulisevsky is capable of doing that. And it felt like he was, 
I don't know, hesitant to do it last night or something, or just was not at it. Was just not at the races. Um, Because it felt like, as much as I say about Hoybier, it felt like a lot of Angeball died with Kulisevsky last night as well. It felt like when we were going to break quickly, get the ball away, um, it would get to him and he'd just not really do anything with it. Um, So... Yeah, a night to forget for him. Um, We know how brilliant he is. Really like him in that number 10 role, but I think he'll be shifted out right now, likely with Madison's return um, and Brennan Johnson's in different form. I think we're most likely to see like Werner on the left, Madison in the centre and Kulisevsky out on the right, I would imagine. I don't think anyone's really going to disagree with that. Richarlison up top. Um, Sarah and Bentancur and behind them. I mean, that's pretty nice, isn't it? That's pretty nice. Um, who knows, though? Um, Brennan Johnson. Now, it's funny because at the moment, there's a lot of people being like, whoa, we're not allowed to criticise Brennan Johnson. I don't think anyone's saying you can't criticise Brennan Johnson. I think people are remarking on the fact that He's been getting abused. Like, for a player to shut down their social media channels, you would imagine has come as a result of not, you know, oh, mate, I think you need to try a bit hard. You know, basically offering him some some sort of constructive feedback as much as you can from, you know, Instagram. I would imagine, and if I think we've all seen it, right? Players do get abused. So I don't I don't think people are saying you can't criticize Brennan Johnson. I think people are saying just maybe maintain a level of kind of, you know, decency about it. Like maybe don't swear at him, maybe don't, you know, call him a waste of money and all this type of thing. I mean, whether that constitutes abuse or not, I don't know. People can debate that all they want to. Um I just think there's a level to this type of stuff. Because we can be critical of Brennan Johnson, and we probably should. His performances have not been good enough. What I would default back to is the point that Ange Postacoglu has made. Straight, you know, let's remember, straight-talking Ange Postacoglu, who tells it like it is, has said he's a project player. He's a young player that we've brought in to learn the way we play football for somebody for us to mould who can adapt to the system, the style that we want to play. He's a young player. We've we've had this unprecedented injury crisis. He has definitely been asked to play, and I've, I, I keep I'm like a broken record, but I say this almost every week. He's definitely been asked to play more than he probably would have been otherwise. So we're seeing at the moment, yeah, he's not completely perfect. He's not completely right for this system. But neither was Hummin Son when we signed when we signed Hummin Son. He was largely indifferent in his first season and a bit, season and a half even. He actually wanted out of Tottenham because he wasn't happy. If you believe that to be true, this is you know what rumour has it. He didn't feel settled at Tottenham. He didn't feel like we were utilising him properly. He didn't feel like it was a good move for him. He was unhappy. Pochettino didn't seem overly that fond of him at first either. The fans definitely weren't that fond of him. You know, there was, there was a largely indifferent spell at the very beginning of his Tottenham career with Hummin Son. And then look what he went on to become. And Hummin Son is one of the greatest players of his generation. So 
you know, you can't place that same expectation upon Brennan Johnson. But I think you can still look at that as an example of when a player who is young has <laughs> been brought in to play a very specific system, as Pochettino's was back then as well, and how it can show up their weaknesses until they are fully settled and fully a part of it. So I don't think there needs to be this big panic about Brennan Johnson. There's a bit of a panic at the moment because we don't have everyone available. Just put the thing, even in this time, Brennan Johnson's notched up several assists. Brennan Johnson has objectively done more probably in his Tottenham career already than somebody like Brian Hill has done. Brian Hill is another player who I think is fine. Twenty, I think I saw it the other day. Brian Hill's only twenty years old. Like we dig him out all the time. He's still a very, very young player. Brennan Johnson, young. Uh, wait, let me see. I'm pretty sure Hill's only twenty. Twenty-two. Okay, he's twenty-two. Still very young though. Twenty-two years old. I thought. I. I always. My, I remember my surprise. This was Brian Hill. I thought he was about twenty-five. Twenty-two years old. You know. Criticise Brennan. My point is, criticise Brennan Johnson. His performance was not very good last night. He played within himself. That's what we've seen. His confidence is lacking, quite clearly. Does that mean that you can't... Like, I don't know. He's fine. He's fine and he's going to be fine, I think. I think I would say we've seen enough quality from him to suggest that, given time, he will be a good player. I'm not, I know I've made the song comparison, you know... Who is ever going to be really as good as Sonny? Not many players at all, ever. Um, but can he be very good? Can he be a very useful addition to the squad? Yes, I, I do believe that. Um, and I think, you know, Spurs Simpson says, with Johnson, give him a full preseason, he will be fine. Yeah, you know, I agree. Like, I just, I think you can't, you know, just give him, just give him a break. Like, Spurs are good, right? This is the thing. Spurs are good. We are good. We're a very good side. We've managed to we've managed to keep up with the teams at the top of the Premier League throughout this injury crisis. Brennan Johnson's played almost every game, right? Can't be doing that badly. I think you just have to like, break it down that way. If he's this absolutely appalling, abysmal player, the team would not be doing as well as they are right now, right? And that's probably that's probably a reminder to all of us, myself included. When we are talking about any of these players, these players are still points, just points away from the top of the Premier League, right? Throughout this injury crisis, we, we're a good side. You know, we're a good side and these are all good players. We're splitting hairs a little bit when we start going properly potty on like players like Brennan Johnson. Just give, just give him a fucking break, you know? Give him a fucking break. You know, he's a young lad. He's turned off his fucking comments on whatever it is. Various different social platforms, I think. That's not a nice place to be in, is it? I can imagine, right? It's shit. I'm glad that fucking Instagram and shit didn't exist when I was, like, in my fucking early 20s. I only had, like, I don't know, whatever. We still had like MySpace. MySpace, there you go. I never had a Bebo, but Bebo existed. Facebook existed when I was a teenager. But I think there's something I think they even they were a bit different. They were smaller. Even on like Facebook, MySpace, it was mostly your mates, your own circles. 
you weren't as exposed to like the entire world back then. I think being in the headline, I don't know, whatever. Fuck it, I'm not going to get into the psyche of Brennan Johnson. Just give him a bit of a break. Criticise him, criticise his performance is fine. The abuse, turn it in. Like, shut up. Like, and nobody said, we're not allowed to. Why? What's what's happened, mate? Has somebody kicked down your door and arrested you? No, they haven't. So save me the fucking we're not allowed to do so. It's not that you're not allowed to do something. It's that if you're being abusive towards a footballer and people don't like that you're doing that, they're going to say, I don't like you being abusive towards that footballer. Right? <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. You want to have your opinion, other people want to have theirs. You know? Is what it is. Um, Richarlison, he didn't, didn't do much last night, but I thought he was good. Like, I, th- I thought he was pressing really well. He was working really hard. We never got the ball to him. Don't really think he had much of an opportunity to do anything with it. It must have been a very frustrating game for him. Um, but I think he was good. I think he was decent. If he can continue in this way, fine. Great. I know I've spoken about him in the past, saying that if we get offered money for him, take it. I don't know if I'm fully out of that zone yet. Um, but... Who knows? You know, who knows? Um, I think he played well last night, though. And like I say, it must have been a frustrating game for him. And he was fine. It's just a frustrating game for everyone. A frustrating game for the fans. It was because it's a weird one. It's a weird one to lose to Manchester City in such a kind of matter of fact fashion. It was kind of Man City are really good, but we usually do all right. Oh, no. okay, yeah, they're just really good. And we can't really lay a glove on them. It's like the the whole game last night was punching in a dream, wasn't it? You know, that metaphor, we all know what it's like. We just couldn't just, just trying to hit someone. This is me for anybody watching on YouTube, demonstrating punching in a dream. Flailing your arms, just not really being able to do anything. Someone's about to kill your whole family and you just can't do them. You've just suddenly got, you know, Play-Doh hands. There's nothing you can do. Um, and that's what it felt like last night. It was just like, oh, right, well, we can't actually do anything to this Man City side. We're really good and we're really excited to see us face off against kind of these amazing teams and we couldn't really do anything about it. Um, Oliver Skip came on, I thought was good. I thought he was decent. I would have started him over Pierre Mahoybier. You know, that's just the side of the fence I come on. Um, James Madison, not fit. You, you can tell he's not fit. That's why he didn't start. We were probably hoping he could come on and do something. He didn't look like, he was moving about quite gingerly, I thought. Um, didn't look fully up to speed. There's no real conclusions to draw from that other than he's not fit. Dane Scarlett was really trying his best. He had that one. He had Dane Scott had one nice little thing. Um, I want to say maybe he flicked it. He had his back to Kyle Walker. I want to say who was behind him, and he flicked the ball over his head and turned Kyle Walker and got the ball. It was really, really nice. Um, right towards the end, I wouldn't mind seeing Dane Scarlett get a few minutes here and there. Actually, to be honest with you, um, and I think maybe he will do. Maybe he will do. But I like the look of him. I like the look of him against Burnley when he came on as well. Um, very direct, quick as well, quick player, strong as well. He's suddenly, you know, he's a man now. He's big, strong, quick. Let's give him a go. Um, but yeah, frustrating game last night. But look, now we can concentrate on the Premier League, eh? 
That's what we can do. No more distractions to Tottenham. No fixture build-up. No two games a week at any point this season at all now. No excuses. Let's focus on the Premier League and win it. Let's win it. Win. Um, Rocky 2, isn't it? Or is it Rocky 2? I think it is, isn't it? An annoying one. An annoying one. But um, I hope that has been in any way cathartic for anybody. I don't really think there's any conclusions from that one. Just that it's fucking annoying that we lost to Man City from a foul on our goalkeeper. Should have had the replay. Probably didn't want the replay anyway. Fixed your pile up and everything like that. But still, in that moment in time, give us the replay up at the Etihad. Just spank us up there. Let's keep the hoodoo intact. No goals at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. No wins to see the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. But they went and broke that with a foul on the goalkeeper in a pretty non-starting type game for Spurs. And it's just a bit frustrating. I get it. You you kind of left... I think everyone has sort of left that game a bit like, that's really annoying. It's really annoying. It just didn't feel like we ever got going and... We were really excited about maybe doing something in the FA Cup this year. But as I said in the Banshees of Inner Sherry, there goes that dream, you know. Um, great film, that. If you've not seen it, see it. Get on it. Um, yeah, there we go. But, you know, we don't need to be all downbeat about it. Spurs have still got plenty to offer. We're still a brilliant side. We know we're a brilliant side. It was a bad day at the office. We're rusty. We've had that break. We'll be fine. Got a game on Wednesday. Is it Brentford, I think, on Wednesday? Up and at them. Let's have them. Let's do, let's do Brentford's. And then we're happy again. And then that, that this game is a distant memory already. Um, just how it is, isn't it? Come on, you Spurs. Up the Spurs. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you are watching on YouTube, please do. Like and subscribe and all that muck. If you are listening, can you, like, if you do listen to the pod and you do enjoy it, please, please, please. I know it's annoying. I know it's annoying when people say this. But if you could leave a rating and leave a review, it's very good. It's very good for podcasts. It helps them get suggested to other people. It means that, you know, if you do enjoy it, just spread the love. Just say, look, listen to this melt after every game. Great. Fine. Please do. I know, you know. I hate doing this shit. I, honestly, I do actually hate doing the self-promo stuff. But, you know, just help the pot to grow. Please, please validate my ego. Um, also, got a Patreon. Put out, I put, you know, sporadically putting out a little taste of it on the main feed so you can see what you're getting. But yeah, patreon.com slash rtrpod. So if you do enjoy it, please do support the show through Patreon. Um, and if you can't, totally get it. Um but please, like I say, just leave a rating and a review. Like and subscribe. Share the pod in all the places where you share stuff, even if that's just a retweet. Just just a humble retweet. It's all I ask for. Or a like, even. If you can't give me a retweet, give me a like. Um, but I'm not going to do any more begging. Thank you very much, everyone. Come on, chin up. Enjoy your weekend. Up the spurs. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 